Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf nun zayin. Um, today's shir is le'iru nishmas Brian Abbas Eliezer. May he, may Neshama have an aliyah and a memory be a blessing. Okay, so um, I'm going to jump into the middle of the previous sugya just because I love the piece. It's really tangential to the previous sugya, but we'll start it. It's at the top of today's daf uh, 57a. Um, S. Lloyd Dorish. He didn't expound S. They're trying to work out. Remember the Mishnah. This is relevant to Alta. The Mishnah is discussing what we call Isurei Hanor, things that you're not allowed to get benefit from. And if you perform Kiddushin with one of them, it's an invalid Kiddushin because you're not allowed to use it to get benefit. Um, so the one it mentioned was, the one it was discussing was the skin of a Shorhan Niskal. For whatever reason, the ox was sentenced to death that you're not allowed to get benefit from it, and not only that, the skin. So the one opinion says, I learned that out from the word es besoro, es, it's flesh. And we know that the es in the Torah is extra, it's coming to darshan, something more. That's the es in the Torah. Um, he says, oh, what about the other opinion? What does he do with es? No, he doesn't learn the es, the word et. Uh, et. Alef Tov, S in the Torah. It says, Why? Ketatanya, top line of Nun Zayin, Amadalas, Ketatanya, Shimon HaMasuni, Omri Lo, Nechemia HaMasuni, Some say it was Shimon HaMasuni, Some say it was Nechemia HaMasuni. Hoya Doresh, Kol S in Sheba Torah. He darshaned all the S in the Torah. Kemen Shegele, S Hashem Elokech Otira. When he reached S Hashem Elokech Otira, Pirei, she stopped. Because how can you say you have to honor Hashem? Fear Hashem your God, and S, and someone else. Can't lump anything else with Hashem. You know, it's one thing when you're discussing a Shor and Iskals, you want to say, it's flesh and add, it's hard. But what are you going to add to Hashem? You have to fear something like Hashem? No, can't be. It says, Rebbe, what about all the S in you've already darshaned? You've been working on this project for years and years and years. Expounding what S is coming to include. So Omalohem Kashemshi Kabalti Skara la Drisha Kakabalti Skara la Prisha says, No, just as I will receive reward for the expounding all the S and I will also receive equal reward for the withdrawing my magnum opus um, and refraining from expounding it. Until Rabbi Akiva came and he taught says, no, it's coming to include the There's an aspect that you have to fear just as you fear Hashem your God. Um, so, I mean, there are a few questions on this, just to analyze it. Firstly, uh, I mean, if you just look at the orders, um, I think... I, if I, I'm just trying to remember the question because we see this Gemara comes up a few times. I think in Psachim is one of the places. Um, but there it says, Vahafta es Hashem Elokecho is before. So what was, what was Shimon Amasuni happy to include on Vahafta es Hashem Elokecho? Where is this Bosak? Um, we can. Okay, but either way, there's a similar such Bosak. Es. Um, so why, um, what was the order that he was doing it in that all of a sudden he reached this one did he leave it for last because he found it difficult or confusing so you know you work on what is working and then you get to the heart you know and you build up to the part that are struggled and then decided to perish to separate um, I know in uh, when I was doing this in Yeshiva my uncle said they have a tradition from Rav Gifter, he was at, I think it was Rabbi Big Demilla's wedding in uh, Lithuania, and there the Vainuturab, well, it's interesting because his name was Ezra Alchala, he's like a grandfather of the cousin Ezra Alchala. So the Vainuturab also he says, What do you mean? So, Rabbi, why wasn't Shimon Amasuni able to include? He clearly thought, Oh, maybe Esa Shemrakechum means Tamidechachomim. And he says, No, I'm not going to say that. And Rabbi Kim comes along and says, No, 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 we can say it. What was happening there? So he said, no, Rabbi Akiva saw someone so... Shimon Amasuni was, uh, no, wasn't prepared to include Tamirei Chachomim in how you have to fear Hashem, or you also have to fear Tamirei Chachomim like that. 
But Rabbi Kiva said, someone like he saw Shimon Amasuni, someone who had dedicated his life to understand the Torah, dedicated his life to understand the truth of the Torah, to the degree that he was able to say, oh, well, it seems my premise is not true, and he dis- disregards his whole life's work. He says, oh, someone like that, you can say, es Hashem about. So Rabbi Kiva had Shimon Amasuni as a Rebbe as a role model to say, oh, I can come and include it. And we just see the, the importance and the dedication to the truth of the Torah, to understanding it as best as you can. Whether Obviously, there are many different lenses to look at it through, a more academic approach, a more business approach, a more, you know, your own life experience, but to try and understand it as its essence, the, the truth. And if you say someone who's that dedicated to understand the Torah according to his truth, that's someone who you can say tira about. I mean, yeah. And then um, just also I heard from the Chassam Sofer. He says very interesting. He says no, there's two types. So he he explained it slightly differently. I'm not sure if I'm happy with everything, but I think it's a nice idea from for for, for other aspects. And um, but the Chassam Sofer says there's two types of yiras Hashem. There's yiras ha'aynesh and yiras ha'rogmos. This is always important to be aware of. Yiras ha'aynesh is afraid of punishment. Very often, why are we not going to do something bad? Because we're scared we'll get struck by lightning. We're scared of Gehenna. Whatever we're scared of. says so that's a very low level of fear of God. Um, because you're not really afraid out of, because you're impressed with God, you're just afraid you'll get punished. And the other level is Yerus Haromus. That's being in awe of Hashem, realizing how... Uh, Powerful, mighty, glorious, splendorous, all the words we've been using over the last uh, few weeks in our tefillahs, how, how great Hashem is. And then you realize, oh wait, if that's Hashem, I want to serve Him almost out of awe, not, not fear of being afraid that you're going to be struck by lightning, but in awe of the greatness of Hashem. So that's Yerush Haramot. So, so Shimon Amasuni was touched. He says, es Hashem let's see, could it be referring to Yerush Ha? Oynesh? No. Because there's no fear of Oynesh by Tamidei Chachomim. So it must be Yeras HaRomimus. He says, now I'm going to give, someone's going to get to this pasuk and say there's an obligation to fear God. And it's referring to Yeras HaRomimus? Now that's too difficult. That's a very, very high level. To be so impressed with Hashem that you want to serve Him is a very high level. Not many of us reach. So he says, someone's going to just become despondent and say, you know, I'm not going to bother. I can't reach that level, so I'm not going to bother. So Shimon HaMasuni said, I don't want to publish something like that. I don't want to publish a drosha that will cause people to lose hope in the Avodah Hashem. And therefore, he said, Pirei, uh, she says, I'm not publishing uh, my, I'm not publishing my sefer, my article on all the S in Torah. I'm going to leave it um, because I don't want to cause people to become despondent when they realize that it's Yerush HaRomimus. Um, Rabbi Kiva comes along and he says, no, no one give up hope. Look at me. I started learning at 40. I was the Amoritz until 40 and look at the level I reached. Anyone can pursue Yerush HaRomimus. Don't, don't be afraid. Put it in and he is prepared to make that drosha to include um, S to come and say, you must fear Tamirei Chachomim, be, I guess, in awe of Tamirei Chachomim, like um, you are in awe of Hashem. Okay, there's things to discuss and analyze on that. Um, the Marsha over here has another nice explanation, but I think let's go on. So now remember, the whole Mishnah is going through the source for the, well, the Gomorrah is going through the sources for the items in the Mishnah that they isure hano, and therefore you can't use them for Kiddushin. So, Egla Rufi. The Egla Arufa, that's the calf when a dead body is found between two cities and you can't identify the murderer, etc. Then the elders have to take a calf and they break a ritual and they break the neck. So men, minalan, how do we know that you can't give her the Egla Arufa as Kiddushin because it's Isur Hanor? So Amri Devei Kapora Ksivbok Kodshim. It uses the word Kapora to tell us that it is like Kodshim. It's like a sacrifice. Just as you're not allowed to get benefit from a sacrifice, you're not allowed to get benefit from the Egla Arufa. Then we want Sipur and Mitzorah, the birds of the Mitzorah. So just we know Mitzorah is someone who gets leprosy. Part of this purification process is they take two birds. The one gets shechted. The other bird, along with the, the last shoni, um, that's red wool, cedar wood, and... Is that the last shoni? I thought something else. It will come up later in the Gemara. It's dipped into the blood of the shechted bird. 
and sprinkled and, and applied to the Mitzorah and sprinkled. So those are the two Mitzorah birds we're discussing. So how do we know that you're not allowed to get benefit from them? So Minolon, the tiny Devayri Bishmol, Neymar Machshur Mechaper. By the, we see by Bifnim, sorry, Neymar Machshur Mechaper Bifnim. We see there's a concept of a Machshur and a Mechaper Bifnim. What's a Mechaper we know is like a Korban that offers atonement. What's a Machshur? That's something that doesn't offer atonement, but it permits something. So, for example, certain tumors, like a Mitzorah, you have to bring sacrifices not for atonement, but to permit him to eat sacrifices or to permit him to go into the Beisah Migdash. I think you've heard the term, Mechusei Kapora. That's not really they're lacking Kapora, they're lacking a level of purity. So this, so, but we see that there's a concept of a Mashir, and that's the Osher Mitzorah, and a Mechaper, other Oshomos, in the base And we also found this concept of machir and machaper outside of the base amidash. For example, this bird procedure is being machir the Mitzorah, that's starting his purification that he'll be able to go into the base amidash. Um machaper, well, we just saw the eklarufa, that's done outside the base amidash. Just as we find the, when you have a machshir and a machaper regarding inside the base of So, for example, the Asham and all other Ashamas, they both the same. I, that you can't get benefit. So, so too, when you find this concept of a machshir and a machaper that are performed outside of the base of you also can't get benefit from them. Um, okay, so that's the source of the Zibra. Now, Itmar, it was said, when do the birds of the Mitzvah become forbidden? At what point do they become Isurei Hanor? So, Rabbi Yochanan, Omer, Mishash, Chita, Vresh, Lokish, Omer, Mishash, Lekicha. Rabbi Yochanan says it's from the moment that they are slaughtered. And Rabbi Lokish says, no, as soon as they take it, as soon as you kind of designate them as these are the birds that are going to be used for the Mitzorah process, they become forbidden with benefit, whereas Rabbi Yochanan says from the time of Shechita, which is interesting, remember only one of the birds is slaughtered. So it seems according to Rabbi Yochanan, and it's a machlok as we but so you shech that bird that's supposed to be slaughtered, it becomes osur, what about the live one? But according to Rabbi Yochanan, only when you shech the osur one does it definitely become osur. The love one's even a question. Whereas according to Rabbi Yochanan, no, as soon as you take both two and say these are the birds for the purification of the Matorah, they both become forbidden. Isurei hano. Rabbi Yochanan, now we're going to say, why? Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says it's from the time of Shechita because it is the Shechita that forbids it. It's the Shechita that makes it kind of like a korban. He says, no, we learn out from the Ekla Rufa that even as soon as you take them, they become forbidden. Just as the Ekla Rufa becomes forbidden from benefit while it is still alive, so too the birds of the Mitzayra also only become forbidden, become forbidden even while they're still alive. Of the Egla Rufa Kufem Amusai, where do we know that the Egla Rufa itself becomes forbidden while it is still alive? This is Omar Rebiana, the full Shomati Boba Shokhati. Rebiana says, maybe this will be interesting in regards to our earlier discussion. Rebiana says, oh, I remember Elan. I remember the, uh, I, at what point, the gvul, the border, I remember at what point it became forbidden, but I forgot it. The Nisbin Chavrai Loimar and my colleague suggested. It's when you start to take it down to the stream, or the, the whatever, exactly how you learn Nachal Eisan is the thing, but when you take it down to the stream, that's where they would do the ritual of the Egla Rufa. But as soon as you start to take it down, take it down to that stream, that's when it becomes forbidden. Oh, well, then you see that the Egla Rufa doesn't become forbidden when you take it. Now, you take this Egli, say, I'm going to use it as my Egla Rufa. The basin thing. Then is it osur for is it osur yet? No, they still have to start walking it to the stream. She says, well then, well, then we should say the same thing by the tzipurei mitzora. When you take them and designate them, they shouldn't be osur yet. 
Again, we're learning how do we know that the Tzipurei Matsura become also from while they're still alive from Egla Rufa. Well, Egla Rufa doesn't become also from when you take it, it becomes also from when you start leading it down to the Nachalaisa. Actually, it might only be once you've taken it to the Nachalaisa. One second. So, too, so, so then we have the same. So we should say, but then we have the same thing about the Tzipurei Matsura. It shouldn't be from when you take them. If you're learning them from Egla Rufus, he says, no, they're not comparable. There's awesome. It's like Vulachrina. There, like by the Egla Rufa, we have another line to cross. I, the Torah discusses different points, I, which would, which we would learn from them. Okay, at one of those points it becomes Osur Bahano. At which point? So we're going to choose a later point. Because you always, what's it, Tofasta Maruba, or Tofasta, you always take the minimum. So we're going to use it at a later point. So that's only when you take it down. It says, Hachami, it's like Vulachrina. But by the Tsipura Matsura, there's no other border. There's no other line that we can define when it should be Osir. So what's the latest defining point which we can determine when the Tsipura Matsura become forbidden? Must be before when you take them. Okay, so that's Rach Lokish's drosha. Again, just in short, we have Rabbi Yochanan who says, no, it's only when you shech the bird do they become forbidden. I just taken them. We never see just taking something banks at also. And so, however, Rachel says, no, we learn from Egla Rufa that as soon as you take the birds as the Tzipurei Matsara, they still become, even while they're still alive, they become also. Yes, Gavin? When you designate a cough for uh, Egla Rufa, does it become like Hektesh? Yeah, but it seems only once you it only becomes osurbano once you start taking it down to the. Okay, so it's not going to the temple. Right? No, it's not going to the temple. Yeah, no, well, so to the Sipurim Matsara, not going to the temple. That's why I asked is it still considered? Yeah. So we saw at the top of the page it's called kapora. Uh, okay. So even though it's not taken, that has the din of it. Okay, now Asivay Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lokish. Rabbi Yochanan challenged Reish Lokish. It seems here they were having a direct discussion. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lokish, they were sitting together, sheer in the base medrash. Often we just use the titles of, you know, sometimes it will be, they came before Rava for a court case. Now, Rava wouldn't be a single judge. He would have had a based in. But we call it Rava, I Rava's based in. Rava, so when they came before Rava for a court case, it means Rava's based in. So, so, yeah, so they came before, they were having, don't think it was a private discussion. I have a feeling it was in the base medrash amongst the students. In Marika Gunbin in the Shir. And Rach Lokish is challenging uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, strange Lokish, I don't know, I don't know, I've got a challenge to you. It's called Tzipurei Tohoyrochto. Now this is by kosher and non-kosher birds. Uh, which birds can you eat, which one can't? He says, called Tzipurei Tohoyrochto. All Tohor birds, kosher birds, you can eat. What's that coming to include? The Rabos es hamushulachas. That's coming to include the bird that you send away. Basically, the, I didn't clarify this part of the Matsoras service. So you shed the one and you dip the other one with the other articles into its blood and then you sprinkle it and then you send that live bird away. So it says, <coughs> when it says you can eat all Tahar birds, that includes the Batsara bird that has been sent away. And then it says, and these are the ones you shall not eat of them. That's including the one that has been slaughtered. The Mitzora bird that has been slaughtered, you're not allowed to eat, as if it's a non-kosher bird. So now the asura boy. If you're going to tell me, like you raised Lokish, that it is asur while it is still alive, why do you have to come and tell me that after it's been shafted, it's asur? What's changed that's made it permitted? Right, so once it was asur, it would remain asur. I don't need this pasuk to tell me that. Once it's been shechted, it's osur. So what's already osur, according to Reish Lakish? So the Gemara answers, no, Reish Lakish would answer, says, no, my ultimate what did, what would you have said? Maybe this bird is similar to Kochim. While they're alive, they're forbidden. Again, you have a korban that you've designated as a korban that's forbidden. And then you shecht it, and that permits it. You can now sprinkle the blood, and then the Kohanim can eat it, etc. So, Kamash Malan, this comes to teach us that um, 
Schritte mushroom. Kamashmalan, no, you can't eat it even after Schritte. So you might have thought, yes, Harish Lokish is explaining it, is you might have thought, as soon as you take it as your Tsipurim Matsura, it becomes Asur. When you shat that, it changes to be permitted. The Apostle tells us, don't think that. Okay, so that's Reish Lokish. Aisivay, Yochanan challenges Reish Lokish a second time. Schritte shocht of Benimsis Treifa. If you shecht the bird and it turns out to be a trefer, it has some defect that, that it's considered a trefer, not a kosher bird. And in a way that, it, we're going to see in a way that invalidates the shechita, because it's not a shechita that you can eat from. So, so in a way it invalidates the shechita. So you take a second partner for the bird, the first bird, and the original one is permitted. Now, as this, it doesn't count as a shchita, so it never be, according to Rabbi Yochanan, this would be good, it doesn't count as a shchita, so it was never made forbidden. Because again, according to Rabbi Yochanan, at what point does this bird become forbidden when you shecht it? Well, the shchita didn't count, because you need to bring another bird in its place, because it was a trefer, so the shchita is, um, so it never. So, so, so therefore, we see clearly it's the shchita that makes it also in here. Does it? But Isan Chadat does make chayim asur. If you're going to say like Rish Lokish that it's also while it's alive, Harishon Amayim Muteres Bahanor. Why is the first one permitted Bahanor? As soon as you take this bird, it becomes forbidden with benefit, and then it becomes a trefer and you shecht it. What's made it permitted? That's why Rabbi Yochanan is saying it must be. It's the shechita that makes it forbidden, and if it's a trifle when you shecht it, well then it's forbidden. So Omar Lay Resh Lokish said to him, Must be where you find there's an issue with its intestines. That's why it's a trifle. It never ever became Kodosh. I basically is distinguishing between the type of trifle. The first trefer we were discussing, the Havamina, where Rabbi Yochanan brought this as a proof from, was that it's a sort of trefer that might have only happened very recently. And therefore, when you de- took it as a bird, again, if you hold like Reish Lokish, it did become Kodosh. And then when you shechted it, well, that's not going to take away, or Kodosh, Osur. It did become Osur, and then it got a trefer, and then you shechted it. Okay, so that one remains Kodosh. You're right. But the case that this is permitting the Brysa is where it's a sort of trefer that has been there for a while. So when you took that bird, it was already a trefer, so it never ever became Osur. That's how Reish Lokish is explaining that Brysa. So is there a way of checking a trefer from the outside? So, so this would have to be the sort of one that's visible. I mean, no, and no, the commentaries no, focus no. on the word Shenimsa's trefer. It comes out as a trefer. Because okay. if you could see from the outside, then you have a different way of analyzing. But So it's just interesting. They're reading the Bryce slightly differently as a support for for, for their opinions. Um, again, remember, Rach Lokish is the one who holds it. As soon as you take the bird, it becomes forbidden with more benefit. So we often saying, well, then if it subsequently becomes a trefer and you shecht it, whatever permitted that? Israel says, no, we're discussing a case where it was a trefer before you took it. So when you took it, it never ever became the Asha Mitzorah bird because it me, couldn't be used as the Mitzorah bird. Okay, ACV. Rabbi Yochanan challenges him again. If you shechted the bird without having the hyssop or the eight areas or the, the, the cedar wood or the red wool ready, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov says, Since it's set aside for the mitzvah, it's asur. Even though you're shechting the bird without all the items you need for the ritual. So in a way, this bird's not, you're not going to be able to use this bird for the Mitzvah. Because you don't have what you need. It's got to be shechted with those things to use for the ritual. He says, Rabbi Yaakov says, no, since you're using it for the Mitzvah, you're shechting it for the Mitzvah, it becomes also. Rabbi Shimon, I mean Rabbi Shimon says, Since you're shechting it not in accordance with its mitzvah, mitzvah, it is permitted. How I understand Rabbi Shimon is that basically when you shecht this bird without having the other items in front of it, it's actually shechting any bird. 
It doesn't have the status of a bird shechted for the Mitzvah. It has the status of a bird that shechted, which is permitted. Okay, so we have the Matlokets here, Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yaakov says, no, you're shechting it for the mitzvah. It becomes osiris if you shechting it for the mitzvah. You're right, you won't be able to use it for the mitzvah because of some other technical external factors. But at the end of the day, you shechted it for the mitzvah. So it becomes osiris. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's like any other bird, you shechted it. You, you clearly, you can't tell me you're shechting it for the mitzvah when you're missing what you need for it to be shechted for the mitzvah. So now, now Rabbi Yochanan develops his proof. He says, "I can only take the elements of a shchitish ein ruyosh mei shchita, or mass of a shchitish ein ruyosh mei shchita." They're not arguing except the one. Ap- they're only arguing is that one opinion holds that this shchita that it can't be used for the mitzvah is still considered a good shchita for the mitzvah and it becomes also Rabbi Yaakov who mass of an Rabbi Shimon holds shchita she'enu ru'uya a shchita that it cannot be used for the mitzvah lo shmei shchita does not count as a shchita however the kuli alma mea mechaim no mitzvah they both agree that it was never also while it was alive okay we see both Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Shimon are focusing on does this shchita make it also Clearly it wasn't also beforehand, which is a kash on Reish Lakish, because Reish Lakish says as soon as you take it, it becomes also. Regardless of how you're shechting. So he says, Tanahi. No, you're right. It's actually a Machlokas Tanahim. The Tana Devei Rebbe Shmol, as we learned in a teaching from the school of Rebbe Shmol, Nema Machshiru Machaper Bifnim, Nema Machshiru Machaper Bechutz. Ma Machshiru Machaper Ha'omu Bifnim, Osa Bamashir Kamachaper, Ha Machshiru Machaper Ha'omu Bechutz, Osa Bamashir Kamachaper. We have a Bryce that teaches about, just it says, we have a Machshir and a Machaper to do it in the Beis Amidash. And we also have Mashir and Mechaper outside the Beis Amidash. Just as the Mashir and Mechaper inside, the Mashir has the same din of the Mechaper. A korban that's just to permit something is the same as a korban that's to atone for someone. Well then so too something that's to permit something outside the Beis Amidash has the same status as something that's to bring atonement outside the Beis Amidash. So the Osh of this Mitzorah bird is the same as, what he's saying is the Mitzvah is the same as the Egla Rufa, to the degree that just as the Egla Rufa becomes forbidden when it's allowed, so to the Mitzvah bird becomes forbidden while it's still allowed. We brought a very similar drosha at the top of the page to say that, just as the Mitzvah bird is Osur, so, uh, just as the Egla Rufa is Osur, so to the Mitzvah bird is Osur, but now we're extending it according to Reish Lakish, that it starts as Isur. When it's allowed. Okay, so how are we holding at the moment? Yeah, we have a machlokes tanaim, and it seems it would be a machlokes how Rabbi Yechanan and Reish Lokish hold in those tanaim, whether at what point does the Mitzorah bird become Asur. Now the Gabon is going back to a point we mentioned in this discussion. It says, Gufa called Sipur Tohira Toflu. When the Pasuk says, Any Tohar bird you shall eat, any kosher bird you shall eat, the rabbis esham meshulachat. That's coming to include the um, bird that sent away. The rabbis eshashchuta. And this that you shall. When the pasuk says, and these are the birds that you shall not eat, that's coming to include the shechted bird. And we explained earlier that it's that. Yeah, we explained that earlier. It says, why don't we switch it around? Why don't we say it's the shechted bird that becomes permitted with the shechita, like we find shechita permits you things, and it's the bird that's thrown away that remains forbidden. Why say? What, again, we've said that it's the bird that's sent away. Again, you've taken these two turtle doves for the siege of the Mitzorah, the one's still alive, so you let it fly away when you're done with it. Why don't we say that one remains forbidden, and it's the one that you've now shechted that you can take home and eat? So he says, no. Rabbi Shum ben Yochai says, we don't find Balechaim that make things forbidden. The things that are forbidden while they're alive. Rashi adds in, Lo'ilam forever. Uh, you do find things that are forbidden temporarily while they're alive, but we don't find things that are forbidden forever while they're alive. Oh, Matke, Flora, Shumba, Yitzchak. We do find such things. Do you want to guess what the Gemara is going to say? I didn't know what I was going to say. I'm not reading. I was just listening to you. Yeah, so what do we find? Yeah, so what do we find? That's uh, <laughs> like let's say you make a korban and uh, it's got a mum, so then you uh, take it 
take it to the field. So that's only by achatas. The others you would Use wait till it gets a blemish and then, then you'd you redeem it. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not also forever. Yeah, but the is... you have to leave to die, yeah. Okay, so on my list, challenges. The law, you're telling me that there aren't live things that are also for forever. Vaharei mukta venevad. What about mukta is when you've designated an animal for avodazora, or nevad, an animal that has been served as avodazora. So balechaim, they're alive. You know, Basura and they remain Asur forever. So we see there are things that are alive Asur. Says Vachi Asiri Ligvoa. No, see, Ki sorry, Ki Asiri Ligvoa. The Hedjot Mishashoi says, now there they just forbidden to use as a Korban in the base of Migdash. But a regular person can get benefit from them. I, if you want, you can, that, that lamb that you say, oh, I'm going to use that lamb for Avodah and then you change your mind, you can't use it as a korban anymore. But you can take it home and check it and eat it. So it's not really also forever. So Matkiflori Biyirmiya, Biyirmiya raised another challenge. If you have an animal that had uh, bestiality committed with it, or it committed bestiality, and there were Adim, now it's alive and it becomes also. It's like a Shor Hanizkal, an animal that is involved in bestiality, has to be killed and therefore it becomes completely forbidden. And that remains forever. Even if you don't get to kill that animal, it never becomes permitted. So, oh, so you're right. There are things that, while they're alive, they can become forbidden forever. Ella Omar Rebbe Yochanan Mishum Rebbe Shimon Ben Yochai So Roth Rebbe Yochanan said in the name of Rebbe Shimon Ben Yochai Lo Matzinu Rov Balechaim Sheoishrim we don't find many cases of live animals that become forbidden. I want to say, I have a choice here. I have a live, I have a live bird in front of me and a shechted bird in front of me. And one of them I have to say is Osir and one of them is Mutar. It says it's very rare in the Torah that we find that the live one is Osir. So therefore I'm going to assume that it's the live one that is not Osir like most cases in the Torah. Very interesting type of drosha, I thought. Yeah. Doesn't sound very uh, convincing, but the Rovers, Rabbi uh, Yochanan seems happy with it, so we'll have to uh, say we need to analyze it more. Okay, the very Rabbi Yishmael, I guess, I mean, it's both ways are tenuous one, because Shechita, it makes sense that the Shechita one shechted for the process should be Osir. I have a minute, something, our, our uh, suggestion is, but maybe since sometimes when you shecht something, it becomes permitted, so this Shechita makes it permitted. And the live one should be Osir. So we don't have a strong reason to say that the shechted one is the one that should be permitted. So we don't need a strong reason to say, no, actually it's the live one that is permitted. But we're going to bring other sources. Maybe they're not happy with this Logic. So it's a very small tanit, very small taught. The Omar cross from the following pasuk says, "V'shilach al sorry, you shall throw it out to the field." It says, "Kesode, it's equated to a field." Just as this, as a field is permitted, so to this bird is permitted. You can't use this field for that drosha. We need it for the following teaching. Sode shelo yamod. What does it mean when the Pasuk says, throw, send this bird over the field? You shouldn't stand in Yafo and throw it towards the sea. Or, um, or stand and throw it over the desert. Or you shouldn't be standing outside a city and throw it towards inside the city. When you're standing in a city, you've got to throw it towards outside the city. Um, but in short, what's Sode coming to teach us? That you actually have to throw this bird towards the field. If you're throwing it towards the sea or the desert or a city, that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to throw it to a field. Says the Idir. Also, the other opinion who didn't learn this says, No, in came this across Sodet, should have just said field. My Hasodet, the field, Shwaminatarti, we can lose, we can learn two Droshas from here. So we learn first that 
it's thrown and it's like a field that is permitted, and also that it must be thrown towards a field, not towards the sea or the desert. Rava Oma, Rava gives a third answer. He says, La Omra Torah, Shulat Latakala. He says, it's logical. It can't be that the Torah says, send it away, and you're going to bring about uh, trouble. Not it's dead. No, that's the idea. What's the trouble? What's the calamity? Is that someone else is going to find this bird, not know that it's a mitzora, and they're going to shaft it and eat it. But if it's a mitzora bird, it should be also. So, so Rob is saying from Sephora, by the fact that the Torah says, just let it fly off, throw it off, um, and then it anyone could find it and do what they want, it must be that it doesn't become also. So which one becomes also the other one, the, the, the one that is shechted. Okay, now we're going back to the other things in our, in our uh, Mishnah. Now this is, at first I was, wait, what's the value in this? But then I realized, well, the cost of shade is actually very, very valuable. So sar nozir, if a man wants to give a woman the hair of a nozir, it doesn't count as kiddushin because... It's Isra'i Hano. Do you want to ask something? So you have a Nazi like Absalom, has the most uh, valuable, precious hair. So he says, you know what, if you marry me, I'll give you this Nazir hair so you can make your shadows out of it. And she's like, oh, that's a, that's a very valuable case of Kiddushin. So she says, yes, that doesn't count because it's Israel. No, it says, Minoran, where do we know this from? The Omakra, the Pasuk says, yeah. Holy shall be the growth of his hair. Gidula Yahe Kadosh. Says, oh, but if you have something that is holy, you can redeem it with money. So, so to the hair of the Nazir, you should be able to redeem it with money. I transfer, just as let's say you donate your bicycle to the Beisamikdash. What are the bases? They're going to transfer the Kedush on the money and the bicycle becomes Khulin again. But the hair is different. Why is hair different? Because the hair you're going to actually burn on the Mizbah. You don't burn it on the Mizbah. You burn it when you're cooking the thing. Uh, but maybe we've got a way out of uh, keeping a cottage like that. Um, I, don't, I don't think you burn it on the Mizbah. I think you burn it. You do burn it. I know there's a yeah, I think it's when you're cooking the meat of the, the Zrobe Shaila. You cook it with, you put the hair in the fire, if I remember correctly. Um, not on the Mizbech, but you can check me up on that. Um, so, so, me, Korinan, Kodesh, Kodosh Karinan. It doesn't say Kodesh, it says Kodosh. I, it's written, this is a little bit of a tricky point, but it's written without the Vav. So, and there's a difference between Kodosh and Kodesh. Rashi says, um, where was it? Um, here. He says, Kodesh, Mashma Shem Kedusha, is like a noun of its holy. That's Kodesh. Kodosh, Mashma Hu Kodosh, implies that it is Kodosh. So I don't know the exact, I'm not clear on that, but it's, it's basically saying this word's in, but the, the fact that it's written without a vav, even though we know how to read it, it's between those two concepts of holy or it is holy. If you're going to say it is holy, well then it can be redeemed. But since it's also connected to the word, a holy item, sorry, Kadosh has a, just trying to think which one would be, as a noun, things that are called Kadosh are forbidden for benefit, unlike things which are holy can be redeemed. So that's the, that's the difference. And again, because it's written in the Torah without a fault, you can make both Joshes. Okay, and, and you've got to find the midway between the two. Okay, but Peter Chamor, we also said you're not allowed to um, marry with the firstborn donkey. It says, Name my niece like Rabbi Shimon. Our Mishnah does not seem to be in line with Rabbi Shimon. The Tanya, which we learned in Abraisa, Peter Chamor, Osur Bano, Divrei Rabbi Yura. Peter Chamor is forbidden with benefit according to Rabbi Yura. Rabbi Shimon, Mati, Rabbi Shimon says it's permitted. Um, and Omar of Nachman, Omar of Avuela, Achar, Ruf of Divrei So, Oh, so this donkey that you have. Is it forbidden? It doesn't seem to fit in with Rabbi Shimon's opinion. He says, no. Rabbi Nachman says, we're discussing after you've broken the neck of the donkey, and it's according to everyone. This comes up again in the Musa we brought just before Yom Kippur with, why do you break this donkey, a firstborn donkey, you know, like, it has to be redeemed. If you don't, and you switch it onto a lamb, and the lamb's offered as a korban. 
If you don't want to redeem it, it you have to break its neck. And we see not only that, it becomes forbidden for benefit. Why? So what's the... Euphemistically, it's the idea that if something has potential for yes, holiness and development, and you're not going to use it, it might as well be disregarded. So too, we've got to value the opportunities and the potential that every person has. Okay, Baso Bechorov, Minayin, how do we know that meat and milk are forbidden for benefit? So Titania, as we learned, Titania, the very Rebbe Yishmael, um, as the Bryce of Rebbe Yishmael taught, if you look through the Chumash carefully, you'll see it says you shall not cook a goat in its mother's milk three times. One is to say it's forbidden to eat, one is to say it's forbidden for benefit, and one is to say it's forbidden to cook. Uh, that's, you're, not, you're not even allowed to cook meat and milk together without any plan to eat it. Let's say you want to make some, uh, I don't know, some medicine that requires cooking meat and milk together. You're not allowed to do that. That's one of the negative commandments. And interesting enough, only once it's been cooked together do the other ones kick, kick in. Not only is it now osur bahano, you're not allowed to get you're not allowed to get benefit from it. You can't say, oh, I by mistake fried my steak in butter, or you know, or uh, you got in, uh, or I put some uh, whatever the exact case is. You can't say, oh, let me give it to the beggar or the, the maid or someone like that because, or feed it to your dog because. It's not, it's author bahano. And that's also, and that, that's what's forbidden to eat. And this is very interesting. It, it seems quite far fetched, not the right context to analyze it. We'll wait about, I think, what's it like, four years or three years till we get to Hulin. Um, but, uh, but if you think about it, that's why just eating meat and milk together or just having one after the other doesn't transgress this. Because it only becomes meat and milk when it's cooked together. It's okay if they're both piping hot or something. Okay, you can run. But if you're having uh, cheese with poloni sandwiches, then there's no isur there. Never mind waiting. Funny, yes, there's, there's a few things that we go a bit lenient on uh, Simchas Torah. But it's not so clear. Like, they shouldn't be allowed on Shabbos or Yom Tov. But we say, no, be out. One of the answers suggested for Kovot Torah, for the great... Uh, Schus of uh, for the great uh, aspect of showing honor and respect to Torah. For example, uh, just a simple example: you're not supposed to dance on Shabbos and Yom Tov. There's a xayir against dancing on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Asim chus Torah. Ever heard someone hold back and say, "Sorry, I'm just sitting here because it's a terrible." This is not a covered Torah. You're allowed to dance. You're allowed to break the negative, the isud rabbanon. So I asked Rabbi Taylor yesterday. I said, uh, "So if I have a nice breakfast, can I still have coffee and a milkic lunch and rely on the rely on for simchas Torah? I'm, uh, I don't have to worry about the the negative commandment." It wasn't too impressive with my logic, but <laughs> um, but that, so that's that's just important to realize. Our interactions with meat and milk are just about always only isurei durabonin. And then to what I want to bring up is once the only isur durabonin, then there's no isur hano. So if you do accidentally durabonin and meat and milk together, you might not, you're not allowed to eat it, but you could still give it to your maid or something. So if you, uh, I'm just trying to think when it would be an example, you uh, packing your stuff in the freezer after showers. You didn't realize you had a milk meal lunch, and you're packing it with your sudashit um, meat. But then you're just going to pull them apart. Okay, whatever, you mix them together yeah, or something. To you see, yeah, so whatever the exact case is, then if it's only Durabon, then you could get benefit from it. You could use it as animal food or something like that. Okay, let's go. So, my niece in this Mishnah, the Loki Hai Tana, the Tana is not like the following Tana. Rabbi Shimon, as is taught, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, I mean, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda says, He holds that possible Cholov is only forbidden to eat, but you actually are get benefit. says, You are a holy people to Hashem your God. You shall not cook a kid in its mother's milk. And elsewhere it says, This is by a trefer of Anshay Kodesh Tiumli. You will be holy to me. Now, by a trefer, just as you're not allowed to eat it, but you're allowed to give it. Oh, you're allowed to get benefit from it. That's the famous thing. You can sell the meat of an animal that wasn't shechted properly or that was shechted trefa to a non-Jew. So too with Basu B'chalav. Afkan, also b'achilu mutar b'hanoah. Okay, so there's a machlokas where the Basu B'chalav is actually forbidden b'hanoah. Machlokas tenaim. Our mission is like the opinion that it is mutar b'hanoah.
Okay, this one will start this discussion that ends over the page. I don't know if we'll get up the page. Let's try. Um, but that's shifting non-sacred meat in the temple courtyard. That we say is forbidden by Hanor. So if you take your lamb, you're planning on having a brine Yerushalayim, you know, the, all the shoichtim are in the base, I mean that shechting there. So you take your animal, you say, please shech my lamb for me, and they shech it in the base of Mikdash. It becomes forbidden by Hanor. Says, where do we know this from? So Omri Yochanan, Mishum Rebbe Meir, Omri Torah, Mishum Rebbe Yochanan said in the name of Rebbe Meir. Omri Torah, the Torah said, oh, just remind me at the end, Mervin, to tell you the difference between Kosheers. If you notice, Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Meir, as opposed to Rabbi Yochanan Omar Rabbi Meir. That's a decision, but um, I just want to go on in the Gemara. So, Omar Torah, the Torah says, Shochut li b'sheli You shech what is for me in what is mine, I in my home, in my Beis Hamikdash, and you shech what is you, what is yours, in yours. Oh, so, just as you're not allowed to shech what is mine in yours, I'm not allowed to shech. A korban man, I Hashem, which is man, out in yours, in your property. Um, also, so to you, forbidden to shecht what is yours in mine. Oh, but if that's the case, then just as if someone shechts a korban outside of the base of Migdash, they're liable to kores. So to someone who shechts a non-sacred animal in the base of Migdash, should get kores. So on my crawl, the Pasuk says, If you don't bring it to the Ohel Moed to offer it as a korban to Hashem, then you get kores. No, it's specifically by a korban that is this punishment of a kores. In the temple courtyard, you're right, you're not allowed to do it, and it makes it forbidden, but it's not Kores. That the Isra of Kores is unique to a Kores. Oh, well, then we can ask, how can you compare mine to yours when there's an Isu Kores? And once you've made this distinction that, you know, shechting a korban outside the base of Midrash is isu kores, and shechting regular animal inside the base of Midrash is nothing. Well, then just extend that and say there's no problem. Once you've made such a, well, I think, I understand this, once you've made such a distinction between them, well, how can you even learn from one to the other? Again, that was the whole contrast. If you want to tell me that we're not allowed to shech Hashem's outside the base of Mikdash, therefore you're not allowed to shech Hashem's in the base of Mikdash, we see it's clearly by Hashem's connected to Kores and connected to a Korban, so why would we learn from their tales? So El Omar Abaya, rather Abaya says, Mahacha, I've got a difference also. V'shokta, v'shokhat oso, v'shokhat oso, klasa kroyaseri. It says, throughout the discussion, shechting it three times, and they're extra. What's the Torah coming to teach us with these three extra and it shall be slaughtered? So we're going to have to see three different extra. The Pasuk says, yeah, let me just highlight with a little bit of an introduction. In the, in the Mishkan, uh, sorry, in the desert, any meat they wanted to eat, they had to go slaughter, go to the Mishkan and slaughter it as a korban. When they got into Eretz Yisrael, the Torah says, when you're going to be far from the base of Midash, then you're allowed to shecht your own meat for you outside of the base of Midash. So, I mean, interesting thing about it, in the desert, basically, all the meat they ate was korban, was shlomim, yeah. So, so, so the Pesach says, When the place with the base of Midash is far from you and you want to slaughter meat, you're allowed to shecht it far away, but not close. That's telling us, you're not allowed to shecht in Azora. You're only allowed to shecht it as chulim far away. I'm not in the base of Midash. Okay, but maybe that's animals that could be a korban, could be offered. How do we know to include things that have a mum? I'm going to include mums because they're also kosher animals. Are they kosher for korban? If you have a lamb that has a mum, a lamb as a, as a species is a kosher korban. Oh, Minayin Rabbo says, Hachaya. Oh, then how do we know that you also can't shecht a chaya in the base of Midrash? A chaya is a wild animal. You're not allowed to use a, a deer as a korban. It's only cows, lambs, uh, sheep, and goats. 
So, and was and burn, says, no, so how do I know? Says, Ma be'ani es achaya, shehish beshchitek behemah. Since you shech the chaya just as you shech the behemah, it's included. I mean, how do we know to include birds? Talmud lama v'shoftu v'shochatos or v'shochatos or. The Torah says, and they shall shecht it, and they shall shecht it v'shochatos. I these extra shechting it. You might, so that's the first point is it extends to any animal you want to eat that you're shechting even birds. Next, you might have so you're not allowed to shecht it in the temple courtyard. But if you do, it's permitted. The Pasuk emphasizes when the people is far from you, then you can shecht and eat. I, only when you shecht it far away from the base Amikdash are you allowed to eat it. But if you shecht it in the base Amikdash, you are not allowed to eat it. Prot, well, not Kadosh, but you're not allowed to eat it. Prot lo chulin shedishu tu I clearly exclude in chulin shechted in in Azara. Of any ella tomim harumli koremi nain rabos balimumim. Maybe this is only an animal that could be a korban that you're not allowed to shecht in the base of Midash. And if you do, it becomes forbidden to eat. How do we know to include an animal with a mum? Because they are the, an animal that could be on. Could be offered. Oh, minayin l'rabbo says achaya. How do we know to include wild animals? Barbiani sachaya shehi b'shchita kebahemah because achaya, it's the shchita of achaya is connected to the shchita of an animal. So any rules of shchita would apply to an animal, would apply to achaya. The minayin l'rabbo says oifos. How do I know to include birds? Talmud lomer v'shachta v'shachatosa v'shachatosa. So that's the second drasha we learn is that not only is it the animal, not only are you not allowed to shech this animal that's chulin in the base hamidash. You're also not allowed to eat it, and again we've extended it to any animal or bird. This is now third thing we learn. How do we know that you're not allowed to shecht it, and if you do shecht it, you could give it to dogs? I may be allowed to get benefit from it. So again, we've done, you're not allowed to shecht it. We've done, if you do shecht it, you're not allowed to eat it. And I'm going to the third level, and this is why we bring in this, is not only are you not allowed to eat it, it's forbidden for benefit. So how do we know? That's the Talmud Lomar. Sorry, that you are allowed to feed it to dogs. Sorry. How do we know that you're not allowed to eat it? And if you do, you must throw it to dogs. Talmud Lomar. Sorry, sorry. No, that you're not allowed. The Torah says, It. You shall throw to the dogs. But you're not allowed to um, throw it. Send chulin to bazar to the courtyard. Okay, so that's the final rush. There's a limitation by trefer that you're allowed to get benefit from it. What's that excluding? Chulin to bazar. So there we see the three levels. If you shecht a non-sacred animal or bird in the temple courtyard, not only are you allowed to you're not allowed to do that, you're not allowed to eat it, and you're not allowed to get benefit from it if you do. Not only that, it doesn't only apply to animals that could be a korban, but it applies to animals with the mum, it applies to other animals and birds. And that was the extra words of shochat, shochat, or so, etc. Okay, and we'll for today.